Hi, this is Chi, Jordan, and Steph, and welcome to What's, What's the, the Word? I'm coming in hot. Hey guys, welcome to What's the Word? We're on episode two, Hurt from the Church. We're going to get a little spicy today, mm. but before we do, we're just going to have our intro prayer as per usual. I'll be leading. All right, guys. So wherever you are, just take a moment to quiet yourself and your spirit. Lord, Father God, we thank you for this opportunity for today, God. We thank you for allowing us to meet and really have this conversation and explore and unpack some really deep personal issues that we may have had in the past with the church or with, you know, some of our church going folk. Lord, we ask that you just open our hearts and our minds to the message today. Help us to be forgiving, to look at things from a new and open perspective, and to help us start that healing process. Amen. 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 All right, guys. So let's get into it. Um, <laughs> One of the main reasons we decided to title this episode Hurt from the Church mm-hmm. is because one of our good little tweeters, Lecrae, Put something out, put a tweet out this week that really kind of, you know, I want to say shook us. Not in the bad way, but resonated. Yeah, that's a much better word. Yeah. Resonated, kind of shook the foundation of what it means to be Christian. What is going on? (laughs) Sorry, y'all. We just be having weird noises in the background. For sure. (laughs) But just just to get into a little bit um i enjoy the crazy music i don't know if y'all listen to his most recent album slap you need to go listen to it restoration out now period he's Free a promo lecrae his genre is christian rap i believe mm-hmm. yeah he's a christian rapper but he's not like corny yeah he he makes some really great things like um, thought-provoking music yeah definitely check him out if you haven't already um, some of my personal favorites from his recent album, definitely Sunday Best. I'm telling y'all, it gets me in a different type of mood. Very, very great album. But let's get into his tweet. So Lecrae tweeted um, a few days ago saying this. I love Jesus, but I'm not churchy. I used to be embarrassed by that, but now I realize it's okay to love God, but not fit in with um, church culture. So he kind of delved more into this on his Instagram. He had a whole paragraph after he reposted the tweet on his Instagram, kind of going more into what he meant by that tweet. Because, you know, with anything, there's always some level of backlash or people kind of misconstruing that. And just to kind of like, you know, sum up what he said on his Instagram, he was basically trying to say that there's a difference between being churchy and the church and that he loves the church, specifically the people. But that he believes that, you know, certain styles and lingos and customs are things that, you know, just aren't him. And so, like, he doesn't subscribe to the doctrinal tribes, but, you know, he loves the people of the church, you know. And he's just being honest about himself that, you know, he's not churchy. So we wanted to really delve into that because we wanted to talk about church culture yeah, that really stuck out to me too. Yeah, absolutely. That's a really interesting topic. Y'all want to start talking about like what do y'all feel like church culture is? Mm-hmm. Ooh. All right, it's about to get say. spicy. Go ahead, Chi. You ah! Literally, I'm sorry. Like y'all, like this topic is really interesting to me because I've never heard anyone reference it as church culture. We kind of just say like the church. So like I found that interesting because it's like if you really think about it, like church life really is a culture. You know, it's a culture in and of itself. So, honestly, y'all, for me, my church experience, like, when I was younger, it was cool because I feel like, you know, I was really deep into the church and stuff like that. But for me, what I guess I didn't love was how it was on and on and on for hours and hours and hours and hours and hours and hours and hours. And And they would be sometimes, they would be like, oh, the spirit is moving and stuff like that, but I'm like, how was the spirit moving during opening prayer? That was 15 minutes. Mm-hmm. Like, the spirit just, ended. you know what I mean? Things like that. Um, I don't like the judgy part of church culture. The Bible literally says that Jesus Christ came for people who are like not perfect. So like when I see things like, I would see women who would get pregnant, which of course, you know, according to the Bible, like, you know, that's, I guess, you no, know, no, if you're unmarried or whatever the case may be. But what I didn't like is how they would be cast out of, like, the choir 
or like you know what I mean mates sit in the back like they just were not welcome mm-hmm. and I'm like this is like literally like the antithesis mm. of Christianity what, of Christianity of Jesus Christ of love Loki of God because God is love like that yeah. is not how this should be approached at all um I didn't like how but of course there's gonna be people who are anointed and people who are not anointed but I feel like if you weren't in that like upper echelon of church crew like y'all know how it is the deacons be getting treated horribly <laughs> like if you were not like the pastor a pastor's wife the pastor's wife like um what else there's like a hierarchy there is a high that's a better word there's a hierarchy you know what I mean? And there was people who I knew would sit in the back and low-key catch the Holy Ghost and be having a whole encounter with God. But if you're not in that upper echelon, you're not considered. You know what I mean? I just didn't like the clickiness. There's clickiness. Church folk be gossiping more than regular folk sometimes, too. It's just certain things like that. And I don't like necessarily the idea that if you miss church, that like you miss your salvation. I feel like that's another thing. Do I feel like we should forsake the gathering of the brethren? Not necessarily, no. But you'd be surprised how many people get their deliverance in their living room mm. or in their bedroom. So I'm not, about to, I'm not even going to lie. I can't tell you how many times I've went to church and I've had to focus on what's going on and I can't because there's that sister who was giving me dirty looks last week. <laughs> there's the choir master who told me that I have to be subjected to baritones because my voice is in and out. So like just so much irritation and distraction and I low-key feel like that's the devil like dead up. Like what the church was supposed to be I feel like low-key current church culture is not what it's supposed to be. Hmm. Valid points are made sis. Absolutely. What about you stuff? Ooh don't okay. get me started. Now I grew up, um, one of my first experiences being a Haitian Baptist church. Now, for many reasons, it was extremely judgy. Um, Wait, I'm sorry. I didn't say what I was. I'm Nigerian. I was Pentecostal. Okay, Ooh. sorry. Steph, go ahead. <laughs> no, no, you're good. Um, so, yeah. So, you feel me? Um, the Haitian culture in and of itself is very judgmental. Um, I don't know. You guys might have heard, like, a stereotype, but, like, Haitians stare pe- at people so hard. Like, you ever feel somebody staring at you, you look across? Just might be Asian. (laughs) Listen, that in church gets a little overwhelming when you're going there to worship. And I was a kid not yet understanding what worship even was and seeing how the adults were kind of not going for church, but going for the people. Um, I saw very early on as a kid that we had to please everybody but God when we went to church. And that's kind of why I kind of stopped going. Um, My parents would send me to church with like family members because of the way their work schedules were. So a lot of times I would come back and talk to them about my experiences and it would be met with, well, that's kind of why we don't go. But we want you, you know, to have to have that relationship with God. So we're going to keep sending you because it's our responsibility as parents. But the older I got, the more that they knew that I was on their type of time, which I find very interesting because coming from a family where my parents were, were boomers. And if you guys don't know, like my, my parents were born in the 50s. OK, still remind both of my parents. Are right. Yeah. You know what I mean? Very traditional. Like, think about it. Like, those are probably your grandparents age, realistically. Um, so my parents were super traditional, but just not with the whole church idea. And it's because they lived their lives so long and realized they didn't want to live it for people, but for them and God and their family. Mm-hmm. And I ended up learning that when I came into other denominations, other sects of Christianity. So I, like I said, I started off in that Haitian Baptist church. And very shortly after I started, I went to Seventh-day Adventist Haitian church. I ended up going to a Pentecostal church for a while as well. Went to a Presbyterian church, and then I was in Catholic school for just about all of these years that I was saying <laughs> after the Baptist church. Yeah. And it's very funny because my parents asked me when I was in middle school if I wanted to convert to Catholicism, and I told them no, and there was no pushback. Like I said, very surprisingly for traditional boomers, um, there was no pushback because I told them, like, I don't want to go to church to be judged. I found myself worrying about whether or not I was wearing pants or not. I couldn't wear earrings. I couldn't. I was worrying about everything other than my relationship with God and the Bible. When I tell you guys I didn't pick up a Bible for real um, and really read what was in it and try to dissect anything until I was in high school and decided, 
you know, when life went crazy, I was going to actually form that relationship. Church-wise in and of itself, the culture around it really pushes people away. Like, I saw the youth, the only thing that they would do is fall asleep. Services would be three, four hours long, and people wouldn't be grasping anything and walk out gossiping. I'm like, listen, like, we're all waiting for food after the service because it was so long. Why aren't we talking about the message? We're just talking about what sister so-and-so was doing or what what brother so-and-so was doing. Mm-hmm. And I will say right now, I'm very happy in where I ended up uh, as far as, like, a non-denominational church where the environment, and I this can't even speak to all non-denominational churches, but more so, the environment has to be different where people are welcomed. I will never could frequent a church, and I can't say step foot because you don't know until you know. I will mm-hmm. never frequent a church where I step in and see somebody else being cast out or cast away. They, You need to welcome people. There were people that were even afraid to even step foot in church because of what others were saying. And that's when I knew, you know, the culture, the culture around it, the culture isn't Christian. And that's, mm. that's some It almost feels like a club, really. Like, as you keep talking, I can think, like, it feels like this exclusive club. Yeah. It's not real culty to me, but I'm like, screaming. I want to say that, okay, so I think y'all both brought valid points. It was really interesting to hear about what, what church culture was like for you guys. Now, I'm Baptist, um, so, and I'm specifically Black American. Both of my parents are Black American. Technically, my mother is from the South. Um, she moved up to Jersey years ago and has been here. But um, culturally, when it comes to the church, I was definitely one of those kids that was really involved. And when I say involved, it's not just a matter of, you know, gossiping necessarily being part of the church, church culture, which I think is a lot is, is what happens in a lot of churches, honestly. I, I I would be amazed to find a church where there's not some level of gossiping going on. But um, I I also want to point out when we talk about church culture, talking about what exactly makes up that. So anybody that knows me knows that right now I'm looking for um, a church. I technically do have a church home. I have a church that I grew up in, but I have been experimenting with going to different churches and who are not denominational or maybe leaning more towards Pentecostal just because I feel like I'm at a place right now where I want to kind of try something different. And in discovering that, I'm not going to lie, I definitely do realize that there are certain things that I like and don't like. So when Lecrae talks about certain songs or styles not really being him, I definitely have had that experience of going to a church and feeling like, you know, there's something necessarily wrong with the church's style per se, but more so it's just not something that I'm looking for. And in my church personally, for our culture, it definitely was, you know, Sunday best. Like, you're not going in there in no jeans. you going in there dress nice, mm. hair slipped back, you feel me? Mm-hmm. We had dressed down days, but they were far and few in between, you know what I mean? We have a certain schedule for the winter, a certain schedule for night. I'm talking, I used to be one of those kids where my mom would, my mom and dad had me going to vacation Bible school. I was in the praise dance team, so I was around a lot of youth. Mm-hmm. We would have youth Sundays every, I think it was third or fourth Sunday, where the youth were, were running the services. Like, that was the type of church culture that I was around. And it was very traditional, very traditional in, you know, the people in the choir, they wearing their church robes, you feel me? Mm-hmm. Like, you know what I'm saying? Pastor's wife had a specific spot. We had the pulpit right over there. Mm-hmm. If we have a food after church, you best believe pastor, the wife, and his kid gonna get the plate first. Mm-hmm. Then it's gonna be the mothers of the church that get their plate. Then the congregation, then the kids. Like, that was, that was how the culture works at the church, you know? So... Um, I think getting older, I definitely started feeling disconnected. My disconnect, though, really didn't have much to do about the drama. Because funny enough, I wasn't aware of the drama that was going on in my church Mm. until I was told about it by, you know, other people. Mm -hmm. By that time, I already had pretty much, you know, one leg in and one leg out. Mm -hmm. Because one thing I will say that my church did a good job with is keeping the youth out of 
church folk business. Mm, you know I think that might be a culture thing too, not to cut you off, but you know, keeping kids out of grown folks. Like, yeah, it was one of those things where so if we having a meeting, the kids need to go to the back and they would make sure that the youth leader would be in the back with them mm. while the church folk was talking. You know what I'm saying? The kids were always separated when it came to everything that we did. With mm-hmm. Bible study, there were specifically sections for the kids because mm-hmm. the advanced Bible studies for the grown folks and you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. it was very segregated. So me not being aware of a lot of that gossip and stuff and come so I get older and I, I ain't trying to put nobody business out there but my sister was spilling the tea she was like yeah and this was going on and I was like where what? was I where was I <laughs> I was like where was I I, I had, hold you. My I auntie had to me. no idea that this was even happening so I just really wanted I got you I just really you know wanted to say that for the for the church culture for me it was very much so like I had a, I think I want I don't want to say I had a super different experience because I think everyone had similar experiences of like, you know, traditions and stuff. But I think the older that I got, the less connected I felt church. But I find this weird dichotomy of like me finding remnants and things that I enjoyed about, you know, that church culture that I still want, but also in the same breath recognizing that there's aspects of church culture that are toxic, mm. that I don't necessarily align myself with, mm. things that I can't fully agree on. You know, there's some things that my, you know, people in my church would say that now that I'm older, I'd be like, respectfully, no. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, respectfully, no. But in the same breath, I have a really hard time. Like, I don't even know what type of music you call this, but it's like, for lack of a better word, you know the Hillsong music, like yeah, Christian rock? I love it, guys. I'm sorry, but I can't get into it. I, I love it. I really only care for Spirit old school guys. Like, Why I are you singing Elevation Church theme song? No, but, like, <laughs> no, but respectfully, like, that's what I'm, like, me personally, that's not my type of music. She like Kirk Franklin, y'all. Give me some old school gospel, real. like, come on, that's what's, take that's what's taking me where I need to go. Why is Jordan trying to speak <laughs> <laughs> in the background? Yo, I ain't gonna hold y'all, Hillsong is what got me deep up in church. I was I'm like, like nah, that we on that Mary Mary Kirk yeah, Franklin. I ain't gonna hold you. It that's, all that's made me wanna... Stomp. That's my type of music. Uh, I also like, I also like Nigerian show. gospel for those of y'all who are aware. African nah, gospel. Yeah. That goes to show though, everybody has something that they take away from their service and infiltrating it with all of the nonsense of like the toxicity in the culture is what pushes people away. There are great things to enjoy from church. Um, one of the things that I'll say too that drew me away is hearing pastors calling people out in their sermons so that actually did happen i was like wait i need to take a step back for a few months what do you mean calling people out like correcting their behavior or calling them out for prayer no Uh, i mean like correcting their behavior like i heard about drama last week from my auntie she spilled the tea to me feel me she was an usher and the next week, why is the pastor preaching about the specific tea that I know is about a very specific person? Can I ask y'all a question about that? We're about to really get into some things. Go ahead. Because my pastor, my old pastor rather, the pastor that I grew up with in church, he wouldn't do that necessarily during a sermon, but during Friday night Bible study, you know, he was a very spiritual man. He would be the top of the time. Like, is that an issue? He'd be like, oh, you're filled with demons. You, you are gossiping last week. You need to, we need to ask God for forgiveness. We need to ask God for deliverance. And you need to go apologize to your sister. That's different. That's a lot different. I don't think that's okay. what she's And I think that's, that's... You mean like that's positive? Sunday morning, like that's a no-no for Like God? you sitting in your pew and you're uncomfortable because you know that sister so-and-so knows that he's talking about you and maybe one other person and you yeah. don't know how many other people mm-hmm. there's there. So you're looking like everybody he's looking at me there there, was an old pastor like very very old he hasn't been pastor in years at my church who i heard would also do the same thing where if there was a particular issue that was going on with the member he would like you know those sneak things in there mm-hmm. in your sermon. That's shady. Sneak this actually no. the sermon. It's inappropriate. Wait a minute. I can I now I know what y'all talking about because someone used to do that to my mom when it's they were in the pulpit. Yeah. Like my mom like my mom is not rich, but she's blessed. Like her job pays her well. I mean, my mom pays tithe like every Sunday. Mm-hmm. And there was a person that used to be like, some of you think because you guys are paying large tithe, you could just act however you want. And my mom just like, is there beef? Who's she talking about? That's what I'm. Uh, who you and she's about? looking around like, <laughs> who you talking about? <laughs> and then you know people be looking at you in the corner of the eye like, hmm. 
I wonder but, who it is. But do you see how that that's so <coughs> it's toxic? And it's because what does that have to do? Toxic. What does that have to do with the word that I came to get? You know, used to preach my mom a lot. Actually, it wasn't the main pastor. It would be whenever he got his assistant pastors up there because they didn't like my mom. Exactly. See, Why are we bringing personal vendettas right. onto the pulpit? It's starting to get personal, and that's not what we necessarily came here for. We came personal here for pulpit. to teach a word. We came here to help people find God. You know what I'm saying? Bringing all that personal. I mean, granted, we're human beings, so the unfortunate truth is it's bound to happen. Sometimes we can't help it. Fact, but we need to be aware. When I say human beings, I mean human beings are flawed in the sense we're gonna gossip, we're gonna do things that are out of turn. So what what I'm more so getting at is that what there needs to be is there needs to be more refocusing on what the true message and goal is because I feel like sometimes we get so embroiled into the people and like granted you're supposed to have a community of you know Christians that you can rely on that can help you hold yourself accountable you know what I mean because it's good to surround yourself with that type of energy for sure but then I guess my question becomes what do you do when it comes to the people who are surrounded by those who, yes, are a part of the church, but when the church is toxic? Mm. Low-key, I want to get a little further into the topic of toxicity. Because you mentioned something, like, I, I almost forgot my point. You mentioned the youth, and then I got triggered. Mm. Because in my church, the youth were for, fair game for targeting. Really? I'm so serious. Like, because they did not like my mom... A lot of times, like, they would pick on me. Like, I was in choir, and whenever I would be in choir, like, I, like, my mic, like, you know how, um, if you've ever worked in the back during music or whatever, you were ever, um, the music director or whatever the case may be, you are, you are used to having pretty much, like, um, somebody in the back to make sure that the sound sounds good. This particular pastor, I would see him point at me and tell the person, the music director, who was a child, by the way, probably 12 or 13 at the time. Don't know who put him in charge. <laughs> tell this boy to lower my mic because he didn't like my mom. Like, petty stuff like that. I've seen my church friend get slapped in the back, I think, because she didn't greet somebody by somebody who's not her father, not her mother, just slapped. Like, things like, like, I said some toxic things. I've had the pastor's daughter come up to me like, yeah, my dad's always comparing us to you. Like, all he does is talk about you and how you're so anointed and doing well in school. And I'm like, that's, just like, thank you. <laughs> no, thank <laughs> but you. But that's toxic. Like, it's toxic. And I felt so OD bad for her. Because you don't know what that child in and of itself is going through. I'm not going to hold you. I hated being compared to people when I was I a kid. I still hate it. That I creates, like, a sense of envy in kids, too. And insecurity. If I was more like them, my parents would like me. Mm. Like, come on. Especially in church, like in church, like I don't. I, that's so, it's so toxic. That's why I mentioned the anointing thing because like people would really be sitting here comparing anointings. Like you know, you may be in the choir, but I preach or I evangelize. But they're all important. Uh, literally, all, or you're just an usher. They're like, all important to do God's word. Literally, let's not downgrade and start placing people higher. They would be like everyone. that. That's petty, and that's the type of stuff that alienates people. And like that's why. Some parts of church culture can be toxic. Are there parts of church culture that I enjoy? Yes. Yeah. I'm not going to hold you. I enjoy, like, praise dancing, mm-hmm. choir, mm-hmm. praise and worship. Like, those are aspects of church the culture. The family aspects that, sometimes. Right, that are mm-hmm. really important to me. And I think are important to, like, you know, the church. But that toxic part of it where it's, like, if you don't necessarily fit into that and that alienation that comes if you don't fit that is problematic to me. Because there are some people that, you know, like Lecrae was saying, like, he doesn't feel like he's churchy. And then it makes you feel as though, well, I'm not churchy enough. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Because I don't have the same mannerisms of the people that I'm surrounding myself with. You know, I feel alienated. I feel like, you know, I'm not doing enough. Mm -hmm. It kind of makes you, you know, I don't want to say feel a type of way specifically about the church, but it may make you feel as though you're not good enough. And Mm -hmm. yeah, that's when that insecurity starts to come in and everything else like that. And And it doesn't help that I feel like there are some people that perpetuate it for sure. When people be so quick to call you lukewarm because you don't do X, Y, and Z. I hate when people do that. I Let's talk so about those. All right, so they call you lukewarm. What about those that, that condemn you? And that's one of the biggest problems I have I feel like that's with a church part of culture. Condemning those, condemning those that you don't think are doing as well as yourself or others that you want to be like. The condemnation is exactly what takes people away. And I feel like what, part of, what also makes that toxic is my mom and I were just talking about this. 
There's a weirdness in some churches where the god is the pastor. Uh, yeah. Like, for real. They worship the pulpit Literally, as opposed to God. It's really kind of weird. It's scary. Like, my mom, my mom was a big advocate for... Thank you, but I'll ask God myself. Period. Like, I have my own relationship with God. Period. He will tell me himself. And she would do that in church. Like, the pastor would say something. She'd be like, mm, I want to ask God. And they would look at her like, she crazy. Like, what? you're, you're going to question Pastor Chris? And it's like, yeah. He's human, he's right? A, thank you. He's still man. If Moses can fall, David, whoever, anybody can fall. And I kind of want to like go back to Steph's point because I kind of want to tie it into something that was really important. It's a little late in the game to talk about it, but we're going to talk about it. Because it's, it's So tea. when we're talking about, or when, when Steph, when you're talking about condemnation and how people feel alienated because they feel condemned, I feel like that's an important conversation to have. And case in point, I think one of the biggest, most notable cases that we've seen recently hmm. is the Lil Nas X situation. Yeah. Let's talk about it. Let's talk about it. So, for anybody that's not up to speed, which I doubt that you aren't, but if you're not, <laughs> real quick, if you Little, under a rock. Little Nas X, if you don't know who he is, is a rapper. He's um famous. Well, he he got his um viral moment from um Old Town Road that came out what 2018, whatever year or 2019, my fault. He he came viral off of that. So performing he's, in schools, right? He's performed in schools, winning he, Nickelodeon Teen Choice Awards. He has had a lot of success as of recently and so he put out this song called call my name and it got a lot of pushback and a lot of buzz because of his depiction of satan in it as well as him being in hell giving satan a lap dance and also him pushing for the release of what he calls his satan shoes which had you know the triple six on it as well as a specific bible verse wasn't it speaking on i'm sorry i don't mean to interrupt you but it didn't have the triple six on it they were selling 666 shoes oh it had the luke 10 verse 18 verse about when satan fell from heaven dying okay thank you and a pentagram okay thank you for correcting me so i was wrong guys so oh and human blood okay yes that as well so um, there was a lot of pushback from that. People were going in on Lil Nas X. There were people that were in support of him in the sense that they felt as though since he was getting the Christians mad, then, you know, ha, 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 ha. That's the type of energy that we want to give because they felt as though Christians deserved it. So I think one of the most important things that to hit on is the fact that Lil Nas X did come out to speak on this. And he basically said that he had been told by Christians that because he was gay, he was going to hell. So therefore, he does not care that he's triggered some Christians and that if they're mad, he they can stay mad and they can feel however they want to feel because he's going to, you know, this is not verbatim, but it was essentially like, you hurt me, I'm going to get you back type energy. You know what I mean? Um, So... Uh, we have had a lot of feelings about this, a lot of feelings, but I think the, our overall consensus is that while we were definitely disappointed by Little Nas X actions, we can't ignore why that happened and where it came from. Because I think it's really easy to be mad at somebody who may do certain things or say certain things that may trigger us as Christians. But it would be irresponsible for us mm. to not hold each other accountable mm. and hold the church accountable Absolutely. in creating those feelings in other people. So mm-hmm. let's talk about it, y'all. Hi, um, Key. Oh, go ahead, Steph. Sorry, go ahead. Chief, but no, I'm Key. not even mad. We all have something to say. You go know, <laughs> like, this little Nas X situation in and of itself and the condemnation of the church to others is so wild to me because... I'm coming from a stance of he is an artist and he completely has artistic freedom. He can do what he wants. Okay. And we cannot tell somebody what to do with their pain. But what we can do is talk on truths. Personally, as somebody that is part of the LGBTQ community, I definitely can see where he felt condemned by the church. I definitely can understand how um, he wanted to use his artistry as a direct, uh, can't find the word, but all I have is a FU to those that condemned him. But unfortunately, um, that imagery is dangerous. 
And the only reason I'm saying that is because we know that the Christians that condemned him were wrong. They were wrong for trying to condemn him. Mm -hmm. They were wrong in thinking that they can condemn Mm -hmm. him because they're human. So realistically, you don't know how God feels about his child because it's not yours. It's none of your business. And God still loves Lil Nas. Period. That's really what it comes down to. Exactly. Regardless of how wrong you feel Lil Nas X is or was in situations, that's that's still God's child. Period. And nothing that we can do say or he can do or say can really come between that. The thing that irritates me is that I feel like that's why the word church culture, like I guess it was coined by the cray, is I feel like such an iconic title. Because the whole, like, notice how in the phrase church culture, there's no mention of God, Hello. no mention of Jesus, Hello. there's no mention of none of that. Christianity, like, none of that. Literally. Mm-hmm. So, like, my point is being like, for those of you who feel like homosexuality is a sin because of the Bible, okay, fine. But in what part of the Bible does it say that we go ahead? And start acting off of our beliefs or whatever the case may be and judging others and condemning others. Doesn't the Bible specifically say he who does not have sin, let him cast the first stone. Hello. And my Bible also says all have sinned and fall short of the glory. Hello. Literally. Literally. Jesus was standing right there. He was like, why are y'all all all dragging shorty? Like, y'all don't each and every one of y'all have something in y'all pocket that if I expose you right now, everybody will stone you too. Leave Lil Nas X alone. Can we talk about how Jesus stayed embarrassing these Pharisees? No, but like, actually, that's what Jesus was here for. They tell everybody that thought they were right with God to take a seat. He literally take a step back. Take a step back. Literally telling them like, listen, I know y'all think y'all righteous and all, cause y'all got the law, but the law really not finna help you if none of y'all can really hear it. Like that's just not even you said we're in social church. First of all, y'all can't go to the father except through me. So (laughs) (laughs) what sucks is what sucks is the number one clear cut rule, if there is any, uh, Christianity is to treat others with love to love your neighbor anybody realistically this is a message to Lil Nas X anybody who was telling he was going to hell was not a Christian that's really what it comes down to that wasn't you can't decide that you're not God they never they never had the right but what I will say is you know I'm a type of person I like to speak on truths it was a little dangerous. You know, I had to throw my little opinion in there. What's the dangerous? imagery, because I watched the video. Oh. The the video in and of itself shook me, and I'm not even that type of person. Like, I I keep it honest. Like, I have I have friends who dead won't watch, like, certain movies. That's like, me. And <laughs> me, you know, I was trying to say no names. You should have just said it. Jordan and Chioma will not watch certain movies because of imagery. Like, and we're really spiritually sensitive. Like, it really bothers us. Right, me. and I, I was the type of person, I grew up, and this is this might, like, be a family thing with, like, cousins. Like, you know, we grew up watching scary movies. I'm talking Exorcist, The Beverly nope. Rose, all of that. All of that wild stuff. But for some reason, that little nice X video just shook me to the core because, realistically, at the end of the day, like she said, this man won, won a Nick Choice Award. Y'all, that means little kids is looking up at this man. Period. You know, and if I'm a little kid that that believes that they're part of the LGBTQ community, even if I heard a Christian try and condemn me, I'm going to look at somebody like Lil Nas X and say, well, damn, you believe them? Because that's what it really comes down to. Anybody could say whatever they want to say about you, but you don't have to, you don't have to believe it. I, you know? I, I hear what you're saying. And unfortunately, with the imagery that I saw in the video, like... Like I said, he has artistic, like, he has artistic freedom, like, for me, I write, I do a little dibble-dabble in music, too. You could write whatever you want. Your feelings are yours. But with the imagery involved, this is what people see. People are directly connecting. Kids are directly connecting with your music and you, you know? And having Satan look like that and you interact with him in the way that you did, it's kind of like, damn, you're kind of putting yourself at risk right there. You're kind of putting other people who think that they are like you at risk, too. But given, you know, it's parents' responsibilities for the children, but you know. Um, Tyler, to piggyback off of what Steph was saying, you could tell that he was really trying to, like, cause a reaction. Of course! And, and that's kind of what... Or sucks. maybe, and this might be a little bit, like, conspiracy theorists, maybe the people... Maybe the people who are behind him were using his insecurities to project a certain message, but Hello, that's a whole deeper conversation. Yeah, we don't really know We don't have all the time in the world to discuss that. Right. But... The thing, the issue that I have is like, y'all do realize, and I feel like maybe a lot of people, this wasn't clicking. 
First of all, the whole first five books of the Bible are connected to three religions, the biggest religions in the world. Christianity, Judaism, and Islam. Islam. So you insulted three religions, actually. So people are talking about the church, the church, the church. Yeah, and that's the thing. So what I saw on Twitter kind of got me hot because everybody and their moms was mad at Christians. But just about every single religion, even if it's polytheistic, will tell you that that imagery was dangerous. Even atheists, nah, but like, let's really get into it because even atheists can tell you at the end of the day, symbolism is symbolism, right? Whether or not you believe in something doesn't really excuse or, or like whether or not you believe in something doesn't mean it exists. Your own personal beliefs have nothing to do with the actual universe. So that's between you and yourself, whether or not you believe. But what people can all agree on is that things mean things. Yep. Things represent things. We use money, paper money, okay? That back, that's backed by what? Paper money represents something. Hello, Period. gold, right? So if I'm going to use symbolism, if I'm going to use imagery, because at the end of the day, that's what artistry is, right? Before we had, before we had music videos, TVs, folk pictures, all that people were painting. So imagery is something that has been here since the beginning of time. Before people could write, they could pick pictures. They were drawing. Yes. We know imagery is very important. Symbolism is very important. At the end of the day, whether or not you believe God is God or that Satan is Satan, we do know something is good, something is bad. Period. There is good and there is bad. There is yin and there is yang. And at the end of the day, in that video, like I said, I was the one who watched it. He went from a place that was quote-unquote good to a place that was quote-unquote bad and took it over. Now, being as somebody, like I said, you know, you don't have to be in that bad place that you're part of the community just because other people said that. Realistically, he could have went from the bad place and then took over took over heaven. You know, Christians don't get mad at me for saying that, but at the end of the day, it's his artistry, that been a his work. But I would have exactly. respected that Me more. too. Because I would have been like, hmm, you just took you what look, they said. You demonized yourself. Yes. You like, demonized yes. yourself and then you're going to say, we demonized. Nah, not we, because, you know, church culture. Yeah. We talked about that. You we basically said the church demonized you, but you demonized yourself. It's like, and not even just that. Let's simplify what you just said. I love what you just said about how everyone is very aware of good versus bad. Mm-hmm. Even if you don't believe in God, sin, none of that ish. We know good people and bad people. You literally just low-key sexualized, idolized, and normalized the idea of chilling and getting crunk with the face of evil. Period. The well, universal face of evil, whether you believe in it or not. Right? Yeah, and it's weird. It's like it's mad weird. E- even if it's not like, even if I don't feel personally offended as a Christian, it's some weird stuff. It's just. I think it's also. I'm sorry to cut you. No, you're good. Nah, go ahead, sis. Because we've been both hot for a good. I I also think just to kind of piggyback off of what you were saying about it being weird, it's also dangerous in the sense that I feel like our culture has become very desensitized and have started to normalize evil as yes as it being a natural human characteristic when people talk about i'm on demon time the fact that you're that you're equating an action that you're doing with something that is literally that is literally known to be in cahoots but can we evil like can we actually can i piggyback off of that piggyback let's do it because you saying that Anytime anybody uses demon time, you know you about to do somebody greasy. Yeah. It's never anything We would have never used demon time the way we did if it wasn't represented. I've never heard greasy. somebody say, I'm going to go volunteer at old folks home on my demon, demon time. time. <laughs> Come on. I would never. We would never hear that. Demon time means I'm running it up on somebody, off of somebody. On OnlyFans. Come on. I'm, I'm screaming. It's always had it is always I'm on demon time, I'm making mm-hmm. I'm making wild movements, I'm moving a crazy. negative connotation. And where demons come from? A, a, it's a literal negative connotation. So it's the fact I that like know. I feel like people are playing dumb. Like it was never it was never a Christians versus Lomonas X. It was never Christians versus homosexuals. It shouldn't have been. Like the reason why the video and there's a very specific sector of the Christian community that is all about making posters against homosexual people. Yeah, and doing let's, all let's keep it a buck. There's a specific sector. I because what's crazy? What's crazy is do you know how many do you know how many churches that LGBTQ couples can get married in right now? So like the whole uproar that people had on social media against the Christian community was very annoying for me. 
I agree. Very annoying. I was irritated. Very annoying. But then I have to be honest. The Pope. Even, didn't even the Pope come out and be like, yeah, I mean, given he rescinded recently. I'm about to but, say, but he but a few years ago. But I'm not I'm not about to talk about the Catholics because they different from what I come from. I don't agree with I'm the Catholics. I'm about to say. Yeah, I'm not Catholic. Catholic. Christian. You ask, so, if they're, you ask if they're Christian, they say they're Catholic. So I thought they were I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not referring to them. But I will say, while I agree with you, Steph, that I saw a lot of stuff that was irritating me on Twitter, I had to keep it a buck with myself after I calmed down after being irritated is that while I agree with you that there are a lot of accepting church people that there are churches that are very accepting of the LGBTQ plus I I'm sorry if I got that wrong y'all it's a lot community we have to be honest that those that are not have a very loud voice that's true and the unfortunate mm. truth is is that the ones that disagree with those that are saying those types of things are condemning we're not being loud enough i'm gonna be mm. honest with you we're not being that's loud a enough. fact that's a fact we're not so, being loud enough we're not making people we may so not every church may be going out doing posters and stuff like that but they do be on that pulpit that they too. be on that pulpit or talking just, the same or stuff. just not correcting another person behavior it's is, not okay. you know what i'm saying like being we're not loud we're not, not enough we're not loud enough about loving people yeah as christians that's the truth. and that's what it really comes we down to be honest with each other so my whole thing is at some point i have to realize okay so what have you been doing mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying what have like it's this. not it's not enough to just disagree with that person yep. that's wrong so, because that's why we have people feeling the way Lil Nas X did yeah it's not enough because you know what to piggyback off what you said that's that's fact because I could have a Christian condemning me right and then there's another person who claims they're a Christian just looking at the person condemning me and they know it's wrong but if I'm not saying nothing like <laughs> what but I feel that? like but why do we do that though why do we do what why do we just lay back I feel like it's low key because of church culture. High key, I think we're ingrained in it. We're birthed in it all. Go ahead, sis. I, I I I can't speak for all of you know the churches, obviously, but I do feel like some parts of church culture, whether they realize it or not, can be very like isolationist, where mm. it's about Christians and Christians only. Mm. Where it's about so let's pray for the church and let's pray for Christians, but we forget to pray for everybody outside of that scope. Mm. We forget that there are, you know, a life that's ex- that exists outside of just the church. And like, you know, sometimes there are I've heard of church people separating themselves from other people. Well, I'm anointed and I just call for this, that, and the third. And it almost Wait, the Bible does speak on um what what is the what is the that scripture? Um, okay, set yourself apart something of that nature so I mean, if you do notice that somebody's on some toxic or bad well that's vibe, the thing but though, that's a if difference, they are on toxic but there's a difference between setting yourself apart and setting yourself above she I Jordan just said right <laughs> follow now. Steph, Steph, throw your app right out there. now. Don't follow me. Up. So okay, <laughs> here's the thing. I feel like what you're saying is important because yes, you, we should be setting ourselves apart because there is an expectation for Christians to set ourselves apart because. When, when someone says they're a Christian, you should know. You should know by our actions of how we love we each other. We shall know them by their fruits. How they, mm. Exactly. The fruit, what, what fruits are you bearing? Are you bearing the fruits of love? Are you bearing the fruits of patience? Are you bearing the fruits that are supposed to come with you having a relationship with God? God wants us to set ourselves apart. Yes, absolutely. Because you're supposed to show other people... This is how, you know, Jesus called us to be. So we're loving, we're welcoming. You know what I'm saying? That's the part of setting yourself apart, you know, that was supposed to make, you know, Christians different from just, you know, any old type of person. Mm -hmm. What I think some people do is conflate setting yourself apart from setting yourself above. Mm -hmm. Being like, because I'm a Christian, I'm I'm therefore above everybody else. Honestly, if y'all really think about it, Jesus did set himself apart, but he did it in the most like, Jesus was humble, period. That's what made like the fair oh my i don't know how to explain it jesus christ set himself apart by being different from the norm he, he was doing what he, he thought to be right below with, hmm? he set himself below i he understand that but he still set himself people. apart that's why the pharisees were on rocking with him because it's like if you what you sitting with the prostitutes period what you chatting right, with right. Them, right. that set him apart i was that's what made him say, different he you guys I honestly know that you guys have come across or have heard of the Indian caste system. I was there yeah. when I learned it in history. I know y'all was in the same <laughs> school as me, we so y'all can't say no. <laughs> um, so you guys know of the untouchables in the caste system. Yes. They are the lowest of the caste. 
Jesus was rocking with the untouchables and couldn't nobody understand why. And this is why he set himself apart. And every single Christian now in these modern times that condemns someone else, that's how you know you're not actually moving like a Christian. That's how you know you're not actually following Christianity because that was never what, what, what Jesus was doing. Can we also talk about the fact that a lot of these people, the only re- the, the, I, I have, Let me just slow down. I'm a strong believer that one of the main reasons why a lot of these Christians act in such, I call it elitism, in such an elitist manner, is because outside of the church, y'all have nothing else going on. And let's just really, really talk about it. The tea is scolding! The thing is, I knew you was going to say something insightful. I didn't expect it to be that dope. I I just (laughs) see my mouth has been burning. But let's be real. By the tea. You know what I mean? Like, God is my life, but... I am not my God. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I have not idolized myself. I have not idolized my ideals. Like, you know what I mean? You could tell that some of these people are go so hard for going against other people because this is their entire identity. Mm-hmm. They're not a Christian. Like, they're the... Like, they're a the, churchgoer. Literally. Mm. A church follower. A, a, like, you know what I mean? Like, a... They call them Bible scholars, but some people, they read the Bible wrong. They didn't read the whole thing. Because if you did, you wouldn't be contradicting yourself. But that's a whole different conversation. Like, you could tell, like, this is the only place where you feel this kind of authority. Because naturally, human beings are like this. Yeah. Human beings are like this. Literally, literally, these are modern-day Pharisees. Let's just keep it real. Y'all yeah. read the law. They used to recite it every day, fast, do all this extra stuff. And y'all turn out worse than the people who don't know the Bible. Hello. Yeah, no. nine times out of ten, it be the Christians condemning others that condemn themselves to hell way before those that they try to condemn. Lil Nas X, you probably good, and everybody that said you was going to hell, we don't know where they're going. So, but the, but the thing is, we don't know. Here's the thing: God is the only period. I don't, I don't, I don't want to say person because God is more entity. Yes, thank you, thank you. Being yes, only being entity that can determine where we're going. And that's because God has full scope and knowledge of our heart outside of our own understanding. So I think it's really trifling as a person for me to sit up here and tell the next person that they're going to go to hell. And Chi, I remember you and I had a separate conversation in which you had told me, and I thought this stood out. I will never be the one to tell somebody that they have a certain type of spirit about them because that's just not who I am. But you said that you feel as though people that condemn, that's indicative of what Satan does to us all the time. Yeah. No! come here too, yes. I'm screaming so at the when, top of my so lungs. So when you condemn other people, recognize that you're not being a reflection of Christ because God said Jesus did not come here to condemn. That was never what he was here never, for. Never the case. Because but that's who, what God was doing the whole time up until he sent Jesus down but, here. But what, wow. does, but, what does, but what does Satan pride himself on doing to other Condemnation. people? Condemnation. What does Making he, you feel less what than. What does he use as a tactic to draw you away from Christ? Making you feel less Condemning than. Condemning you. Literally, y'all, and this is low-key so triggering for oh me. And I know a lot of y'all can relate. And maybe y'all too, too. How many times do we literally avoid the church like the plague because we don't want to walk in there and start feeling guilty? Literally. We don't want to walk in there and start thinking about how we're not doing this, not doing that. How we're not enough. How we're not and for those of y'all who don't know, low-key listen to, again, we love Pastor Michael Todd over here. Period. Listen to his series yeah. on the Holy That's Spirit. He low-key delves into this. He was talking about how a lot of people equate the Holy Spirit with condemnation, but he was like, nah, conviction is a completely conviction different thing. Conviction is very different from condemnation. It's one thing if you're a liar, you're a thief, you're like, you know what? I shouldn't have done that. And it's another thing to literally do what Adam and Eve did, avoid the presence of God because of whatever you've done. But that's tea. That came from the shame. Because here's the thing. People get conviction and condemnation. Some Mm. of them get get it confused. And they feel as though condemning people is the way to bring them to God. Irresponsibly wrong. Ever notice, and you you hit it right, the nail right on the head, Chi, is that whenever we do something wrong, because Adam and Eve did it. When Adam and Eve disobeyed God, what did they do? They hid. And I and I do this, and I I'm thousands and thousands of years removed from Adam and Eve. But anytime I sin, I don't speak to God for a week. Mm. I don't speak to God for I I I, I sure don't. And it's I feel guilty just asking for forgiveness. I'm like, how am I gonna ask for forgiveness again? Like literally. But here's the thing, and and the thing is, is that Satan uses condemnation to draw us further from God. I felt so condemned by being a human being and some of the things that I did that I didn't speak to God for years. 
Mm-hmm. I wasn't touching church. I wasn't touching religion. I wasn't touching no Bible, nor was I praying to God. For what? Because I did X, Y, and Z, whatever the reason. And it wasn't until I felt the difference between feeling condemned versus feeling convicted. Because when I was convicted, I I firmly believe this. One time God was telling me about myself, but it wasn't in a rude way. It was like, hey, love you, daughter, but you be gossiping and talking about people. Be careful about how you speak to uh, how you speak about others and how you use your tongue. Because the same tongue you use to praise me, you're talking about somebody else in a way that's not okay. And that's my child too. That's it. And I was like, you're right, God. That was wrong. I need to chill out. My fault. Can I... Please forgive and if me. We really know. Maybe for those of y'all, it's not clicking. Let's just simplify it even further. When you sick, do you feel guilty that you sick so you avoid the hospital? Mm. Or if you do, that's weird. So why do we do that with church? <laughs> I ain't gonna lie. <laughs> Mad people do that. I know. I okay, know. but we're not supposed to do that. We're not supposed to do that. You know what I mean? Literally, the Bible speaks about that. Like he came here for. He didn't come here for the perfect. Right. He came like you know what I mean? Yeah. But the like church you, is a hospital. That's what my mama says. So the like church you, is a hospital. But like you said, months. the people that are sitting there condemning are only helping Satan do what he does. Mm. I'm sorry, but that's the truth. Uh-uh. That's not to come at you, but if you feel as though maybe you might have been a part of that, this is Give the time. Christ, this is the time for you to really take a step back and be like, hmm, there might have been some moments where I was wrong and I need to revamp my approach. I'm all about lovingly correcting another person we can lovingly correct each other absolutely however let's not get it twisted with condemning because telling somebody that if they don't do x y and z they're condemning themselves to hell that they're you know are are digging a deeper grave from all this other stuff is not gonna make them want to draw closer to god it's gonna make them want to draw further away i remember i had a really warped idea that i was too far gone to go back to god that's how bad I felt and how condemned I felt. I mean, yeah, we also struggled with it. But I vividly remember feeling as though I had done too much for me to ever be able to come back to him. I wasn't going to come back from it. Ain't no way God's going to be able to accept me because I've done too much. And when, and when part of, you know, church culture can be that if you don't do this enough, then, you know, you're not, you're not, you're not being a good enough Christian or you're not doing X, Y, and Z. We're perpetuating that toxicity that's only drawing people further and further away from him. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, we can set ourselves apart, but what we're not going to do is this isolationist and this elitism got to end. It just do. Yes, girl. What's up? I guess just to, I guess, finalize this final point, y'all, none of us have attained None of us are ever going to meet the qualifications mm-hmm. to be God-like until we go to heaven and God himself perfect us. None of us are on that wave. So low-key, whether you, whether, however you read your Bible, however you interpret your Bible, none of us are in the place to even speak on something. There's a whole reason why God said he throws our sins into the sea of forgetfulness. He said sea for, that's how big it is. A big body of water. <laughs> <laughs> Notice how we didn't say lake. We only discovered 5% of the ocean, y'all. So Literally, that's very He long. said the sea of forgetfulness. Like, yeah. none of us have attained. There was no one who walked on this earth and was perfect but Jesus Christ. And you Many know of them else? were close, but no, none of them were perfect. I like that you brought that up because that goes to show Humans are the type of people, type type of people, please. Humans, what we do as people, we kind of let people's sins build up. If somebody wronged me, mm, I remember what you did to me that last time, I'm about to say. and this time, and this other time. Yeah. What we cannot grasp is God's ability that when we ask him for forgiveness, he casts it away and we're like, all right, I just wiped this slate clean. What's up? What you trying to do? We cannot grasp that because we're not we're not there. We will never be there. When mm-hmm. we look at people, we see their sins. God sees us as we are. God he sees, sees us as his whole, children. Full, you know, as his children. And mm-hmm. honestly, that's why like going back to the praise tweet, like because we just hope he had a whole ramp. Low key, it was necessary. I like the church. We're supposed to call God, call God sheep, but how are you gonna call and slap God's sheep at the same time? Like you yeah. can't call a sheep to come eat and then kick it on the way over yeah and that's what we be doing like i was saying before like none of us have attained none of us are perfect Mm -hmm. we all have embarrassed ourselves thoroughly if god really (laughs) wants to sit down and really undress you be doing this this is stuff your mom don't know about (laughs) so nobody of your friends be knowing about i know he know everything like honestly so i feel like the key i feel like the key point is here is that we need to address 
the church's responsibility. Mm-hmm. But next time we talk, we're going to address some of y'all who be using that as an excuse. <laughs> some of y'all who be using that as an excuse. Because, yes, the church has its faults, but not every church is that toxic. Yeah, mm. I think it's also... We the will, same way you could shop for a doctor, you could shop for a church. Period. And, like, what she was saying is, like, also keeping in mind that, like she said, there are some people that use that as an excuse. The Bible definitely tells us that we should be reading it for ourselves because, so that we're not, you know, swayed by what other people you are saying. God for understanding. You know what I'm saying? And I think that what people nowadays have a bad habit of doing is they'll believe anybody that says that they're a Christian. Exactly. And then, if, and then when that person that isn't a Christian is blatantly wrong, it's now a scammer. we say all, now all Christians. All Christians are like that. Let's use some common sense here, y'all. My brother said something that was really profound. You know, we're going to have Obina on here one day. I love you, bro. <laughs> but Obina was like, I don't know if that's necessarily true, but it got me thinking nonetheless. Mm-hmm. He was like, in my opinion, Christianity is the only religion where you don't even have to follow all the rules or even and try to follow them. And you can still be a Christian. It's true. And you know what I mean? I don't know how it exists because I'm not I'm not Jewish. I'm not Muslim. I don't know how or um other religions. I'm not 100% sure how it operates in other spaces. But I'm not going to lie. You will see people who, not necessarily like a church is, you know, the factor. But having, don't be in church. Don't be praying. Don't be, don't be doing really much of anything, but they're still a Christian. I feel mm. like low-key, and Pastor Michael Todd also said this, a lot of y'all wearing the uniform, mm. but y'all not playing. Okay, girl, you're right. And here's the thing. This is another topic, but just real, real, real quick, I have to speak on it because this is probably one of my favorite topics because it was just revealed to me soon. Yes, I, I'm going to keep it real short, y'all, because this is going to be another big podcast uh, topic. But what she was saying, Obina is right. And I say that because God does God knows everything. He does not expect us to be perfect because Absolutely. he knows that it is impossible. Mm-hmm. And like you and like what Obina was saying, Christianity is one of those religions where the problem is, is that people have, have become so hyper-focused on the church and the ritualistic aspect of it. That they're doing the most. That they've completely mm. forgotten about the relationship. Mm-hmm. And that what God wants the most from all of us is just to have a relationship with us. He doesn't expect us to be perfect. He doesn't expect us, you know what I'm saying, to get it right all the time. The, he expects us to try. The most that he wants us to do is try. And when we mess up, he's always willing to forgive us as long as we humbly come to him and acknowledge that we've messed up. That's the hardest part, really. And so, once you do that, you're literally good. Because when God came here, oh, well, Jesus, you know, to be more specific. When Jesus came here, you, you feel me? You feel what I'm saying? And he died for our sins. All of those rules and regulations that was given in the Old Testament, God was like, all right, we're done with it. High key. We're done with it. It's High key. Here's, here, here, here's, here's the news. So all the things that they're using from the Old Testament to condemn you don't really exist if Jesus... um. Came down. It's not that they don't exist. Not, let's not say that. Mm. I don't think because he came to he can even come to abolish the law. He came to fulfill it, right? Which is what he says. But it can't be held against you. Like you don't yeah. have to go and like bathe in goat blood yeah. and like yeah. wear like, sackcloth really and ashes. Comes down yeah. To. What it like, comes down to is nobody but God can tell you. What your consequences Period. are Period. for doing what for failing yes. to do what you needed to do. That was a that was. And a I think another saying. thing is is that like the Bible definitely says that like salvation isn't something that is given to us because of the things that we've done. <laughs> that it's literally a no gift. Knows. It's literally a gift. So when people get so hyper focused on well, you know, how are you gonna get your salvation if you ain't do X, Y, and Z? Baby, we got to crack open Romans real quick. We got to go back and defeat him so that you know. Because God said that it's not something that is given to us because of what we've done. So we don't boast about it. <laughs> Humans are quick to be like, well, I did X, Y, and Z. So that's how I got my way here. Mm, that's not how that happened. Nothing we could have possibly done could have gotten God's grace from him. He gave that to us. Just to wrap it up, because I feel like we also are solution-based, I want to talk about a couple of ways we could just do better overall as a church. We are very much so solution-based. Um, I, I guess I'll start with a couple of ways. Church leaders, church goers. I'm going to start with church leaders. Church leaders realize that you are representatives of God, or at least you're claiming to be. So at least act as such. Before you start any service, I advise that all of y'all be praying and ask God to work through you and not through your own volition. None of y'all are perfect, and y'all need to realize that. I feel like y'all need to stay in touch with the Bible, stay in touch with the word. 
some of y'all got your Bible decree in 1988 and you think that that still suffices for now. I think a lot of y'all need to be a little bit more modernized and realize that you're dealing with a new generation. You can't have the same mentality from 1968 and expect that to work in 2021. So period. High key. <laughs> period. High key. I was at dinner with my boyfriend's family today and that's high key what they were talking about. Really? Like the that's fact. That's interesting. Yeah, it's very, that's very wild. Like um, the adults seem to have been talking about their home church that they go to or certain pastors that they have been watching on YouTube since the pandemic. And they say basically like this is the only reason why these churches are still alive. Like, why, why, why let the time stop you? Like, mm-hmm. if you guys are really out there seeking Christians, seeking souls, seeking people to come be saved, then you're gonna move with the times too. That's so that's a very important thing. You, that's a very important thing. You just moving with on. the times. I'm about to say moving with the times, and y'all need to be going out there and reaching souls. A lot of y'all just be comfortable inside your church homes, doing nothing actually for the world or for the community, and keeping people out as opposed to bringing people in. Absolutely. That's some weirdo. Like church goers, if you immediately feel your spirit is being disturbed, you shouldn't be there. It's not the place for you. For one, when you go there, this is what I do. I have my eyes closed for the majority of worship and prayer. Don't look at nobody in the face. Don't look at nobody in the eyes. You are there to meet God. That's only, that's what I see it as. I don't let nobody distract me when I'm at church. Um, also, do not let the fact that you had one or two bad church experiences um, absolve you from... I will be considered a responsibility because I don't see church... When I go to church, I'm not thinking about church culture. At least I grew out of that now that I'm older. I think about it as me going to God's house to hang out with God, mm. to meet God. That's what I'm going there for the purpose for. So while you're trying to find your ideal home, let's say you're still looking, I still advise you, if not going to an actual physical building, go on Zoom. Pastor Michael Todd is great. Again, free promo, Pastor Michael Todd. We love you. Like, <laughs> <laughs> seriously, though. Yes, please fly us out. I'm screaming, she's choking. The devils, I rebuke that in the name of Jesus. Y'all, I started choking. She said, please fly us out, Pastor Michael Todd. (laughs) I'm screaming. But literally, like, and even let's say, let's, let's say you don't want to do none of that. Read your Bible for yourself. Pray to God is a God is not deaf nor dumb. He can hear you. Ask God to open up the Bible for yourself and give you his real interpretation. And he will do so. Fellowship with God by yourself. Cultivate your own relationships so that when you do hear things that are against the Bible, your spirit will be sensitive to it and you'll leave and go the other way. I don't know if y'all have anything to add. I have some suggestions. Go ahead. So this is more so specifically for like, you know, my church leaders, those who are in charge of building up the next generation of the church. Be mindful of what you say, Mm. the energy that you give to the youth, and how you teach them. Um, I didn't necessarily feel condemned at my church, but one thing that I wish there was more of was talking with us rather than talking at us. Mm. I think it's important to recognize that this generation of kids that are coming after us, and I am a zennial, so I'm in between Gen X and a millennial. I was born in 96. So ninety five to ninety nine is the between. Yeah, we're know. we were all born in the sandwich generation. Yeah. So you know, I have a very different experience than say my sister who was born in the eighties. But so she just threw her whole birthday out there. It's all no problem. We talk about it all the time. It's amazing. We're sixteen years apart. I'm <laughs> so <laughs> but um be just be mindful of how you you know try to teach them. They're older. They have different concerns and different challenges mm. now than the youth that you may have taught 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. And it's important to keep in mind those things when you try to approach them about certain topics. Let's stop shying away from things that were considered taboo. Yes, we do need to talk about sex. Yes, we do need to talk about certain challenges. What's going on today? Anger. You know, malice, all depression that. and anxiety, anxiety. mental yeah. health. All of we, it. we need to talk about those things. Let's stop trying to act like it's all peaches and creams and rosy when it's not. This it's, life is hard. This life is rough. It is very hard. You know what I'm saying? Let's not make it harder by ignoring it, please. Or making people feel crazy for trying to talk about it. We always say how we're supposed to come to God for everything, but when we come to church with our problems, half of the problems get thrown in the garbage. Mm-hmm. But that's a whole different conversation. Another podcast. Literally. <laughs> Steph, you have anything to add? Church leaders, church goers? People I think you guys hit the church leaders nail on, right nail on the head, but I want to talk about church goers. Please make people feel welcome. Don't give people stank faces when they come to your church and they happen to Speak be, on they it. They happen to have two tatted sleeves. They Period. never tatted. They, can't, they didn't come here for you. 
You may not like tattoos, but guess what? You're not the one that's gonna give them their ticket to heaven. Amen. It's like, Period. come on, yo. And uh, I don't know if you guys have any more, but this is my last one. Mm-hmm. And this isn't, you know, you know, necessarily just church leaders. This is to all Christians. Be overly excited and vocal about loving others. Mm-hmm. Hold each other accountable. Mm-hmm. Your brother, your sister, the deacons. When you hear something that's right and you know that goes against fundamentally what we're taught as Christians, which is to love other people, correct them lovingly. But let's not be silent and complacent the way we have been for these past few years. Mm. Just to piggyback off of that, I feel like we should also be learning how to agree to disagree. Um, again, like if the, like we're not going to go around and be like, well, I'm going to murder people because they're, like we're not doing that. But we have to also understand that there's some people who have interpretations of the Bible that are going to be different from other people's interpretations. And I feel like at the very least, we should be open to discussion. If God can say, come, let us reason one another, and that's God, there's no reason why humans who were ordained by God, and just like they were ordained, can be taken off of their seat, can't reason with one another. Mm. I feel like leaders need to be more open to hearing their flock and hearing their church and having real conversations and churchgoers as well. We might not disagree. I mean, we may not we may not agree. We may disagree, but I feel like conversation still needs to be had because that's how we build a relationship and build an understanding. That's that on that. Period. Alright. Let's wrap up with prayer. Wow, thank you guys for taking us through this journey. Or taking this journey with us. Yeah. Um stay tuned for more spicy topics. We're gonna get as heated. It's like not. Nah. Um, but no, thank you guys for bearing with us. Um, catch us on the next episode. We're gonna close out with a prayer. Who you want me to do it? Yay! Okay, everyone, please bow your heads and close your eyes. Father God, I just want to thank you for bringing us here today. Um, for the people here in this room, me, Jordan, Steph, the people listening on their own, God, I just thank you, God, for them, O Lord, in the name of Jesus, O Lord. Um, anything that we have done during this podcast to displease you, God, we ask the Lord for your mercy and your forgiveness. We ask also for the forgiveness of all those people, people who are listening, our Heavenly Father. Um, we ask the Lord that this podcast is used to bless people, O Lord, and touch their hearts, O Lord. Even if this podcast, they disagree, we ask the Lord that you have your own personal conversations and relationships with them. Have your own experiences and encounters with them, O Lord, and let them meet you for themselves, O Lord, in the name of Jesus, O Lord. I ask the Lord any issues that people are having either in this room or on their own, O Lord, that you intervene and bless them and protect them and their families, O Lord, especially during these strange times, O Lord, in the name of Jesus. I cover everyone in this room and otherwise with the blood of Jesus. Mm-hmm. And I ask, O Lord, that you continue to use us for your glory or for your work, O Lord, in the name of Jesus. In Jesus' mighty name we have prayed. Amen. 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 Okay, bye, WTW. Bye, guys. Love y'all. Don't forget, follow us on the gram at the official WTW. And also email us. I think it's the official WTW. At gmail.com. Period. Thanks, guys. See you next week. Bye.